Welcome everyone to our latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Uh, today, Doug here with John and Patrick, and uh, we got a cool little show for you here tonight. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about the wonderful fight that happened today. We're going to talk, do a little AL East roundup. Um, we're going to do Red Sox weekend series and state of them and a Yankees weekend series and state of them. And then we're going to discuss the all-star game a little bit, um, new formats. And we're each going to pick a player that we think should be on the all-star team. And it doesn't have to be because they're great or they're doing good things. Maybe some of us just have a soft spot for someone, right? Um, and I think it's going to be a really fun one. Uh, we're down a crew member tonight because Barnes is stuck in traffic on the wonderful Garden State Parkway, where if you're not from New Jersey, <laughs> you've been stuck on it before. I don't want to um, find out. You don't want to find out. Um, plus, they just raised like a mi- tolls a million dollars. So <laughs> besides the point. Um <laughs> So before we get started, I just want to shout out to all of our um, different platforms where we are becoming super popular right now. God, I feel like a high school girl. (laughs) It's all about being popular. (laughs) Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as Facebook and here on our pod and bleacherbrawls.com. You can just search Bleacher Brawls and you'll find us. Just look for our iconic ball head guy and you'll find us. So give us a like, shout, retweet, comment on some of our stuff. At the end of the episode, we're going to give some shout outs to some people who've been um, following us, you know, and interacting with us on a basis. All right. So we're going to get into it. Uh, The first thing we're going to talk about is the fight. Big fight that delayed the game for a whopping 18 minutes between sad clubs of the Angels and the Mariners happened today. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to John first, if you're ready to talk about it. Um, I messaged it in the group chat, so you had a chance to go and look at it. What do you think? That was a great baseball fight. Uh, you, like you said, it's two really bad teams. And I honestly got some slap shot vibes to it. Like, was this set up? The umpire had worn both benches, like, don't throw, like, that's it, you know, and he immediately goes out there and hits Winkler, and uh, it was just a great baseball fight. It's one you don't want to see your team in because someone can really get hit when you got guys rolling around on the ground, but just tremendous action, uh, kind of brought the crowd into it. I saw, I think, Winkler flipped off the Angels fans on his way to the into the clubhouse. He gave him the double bird, the, both hands. Double bird. Both hands. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. You got you got to like That's that double the suspension, attitude. I think. Hey, division <laughs> rivals. This is good for baseball. This is what we need. Uh, you get the fans into it, get some teams going, and maybe these two teams will actually start showing some fight. It's about the only fight that they're showing right now. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, the Angels are 35 and 40, 11 and a half games behind the Astros, and Seattle is 34 and 40, 12 games behind the Mariners. And in the wild card, they are six and a half and seven out, respectively. 
So you get two teams who seven games is not a lot, right? Seven games is, you know, a good month of baseball. And now you're losing bunches of guys for, you know, however long the suspensions are, you got to think it a couple days, a couple of days, a couple of games, um, both teams who should have, you know, been in there. Um, I, it's, it's just, it's weird. The, the weirdest thing about it, I was playing Call of Duty when the fight happened, and my buddy who I was playing with is is an Angels fan. He was watching, and he's, holy shit, there's, there's a fight going on. And then he goes, Rendon's out there. I'm like, Rendon's hurt. He goes, he's out there with his cast. And then I'm like looking at videos, and, and I see that they're, um, he's out there throwing punches with his cast arm. And that has to be like, if that's not like a weapon at that point, come on. Like, see, so you'd have to see some serious suspension coming down from him, I would assume. That was, a, yeah, it wasn't, um, I, I don't know how, how to describe it. Like, you're probably hurting, because you said he was throwing out there throwing his casting. Like, are you making it worse? Like, if, you know, not only are you going to get suspended, you're going to hurt yourself more. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the brightest move the guys ever made but when you're sitting on 38 million dollars a year i mean you're like you're allowed to do whatever you want yes yeah, yeah i mean tonight's, already... uh, oh go ahead Dan. no no you go ahead yeah i was gonna say tonight's episode of bleacher brawls uh brought to you by weak left-handed slaps by anthony rendon who who wanted to reach with his right hand and realized it was already fucked up and maybe he shouldn't mess with it anymore and then decided to just slap <laughs> wink across the face <laughs> i mean he's already screwing his team out over by yeah. can't can't even play a quarter of the season what's right? his suspension i mean he's already going to be on right. the il forever yeah. who cares? I, I mean you know um so baseballs were getting thrown at and behind people all week and you know, i think trout, it happened in the first inning trout there was some some brouhaha you know brushing off and behind it up near the head yesterday so it was bound to happen and i think um, both benches were warned when the game started and you could see Scott service in the, um, in the dugout when it happened and he was like, throw him out, throw him out, you know, right away. Um, and it's like, it's like, I, I wonder if the, I don't know if the ump ever ejected the guy right, right then, but it, it comes back. It's like, if you warn both of the benches and there's a pitch intentionally or unintentionally, right? Does it, I don't I don't think it matters at that point. If it's behind or up, like you just gotta toss them, right? Right. I think that's the issue now is they there's no more sticky stuff, right? And they've also kept changing the baseballs. And so you really have to wonder if it is intentional, you know, like it used to be you plunked our guy, we plunk yours, we call it even, we get warned, we call it a day, right? Um, but now it feels like, did, did he do it on purpose? Like, we, we don't know. Like, maybe he just legitimately lost control of the ball. Yeah. Um, there have been, been rumblings from pitchers and batters on both sides since the season started, right? We knew for that first month where offense was completely dead, right? And everyone's like, are they changing the baseballs? And then I forget who it was, but whoever um, major league player posted a picture of a baseball from last year and this year, and they were completely different. The seams were bigger. The, the area in between the seams was smaller. And you have to think that, that messes with the baseball, right? 
you know, grip. If, if someone, if the pitchers have been holding the baseball, you know, um, a certain way for, they know the weight and the feel of it, and then they change it, tweak it a little bit, like, you know, of course things are going to happen. So my question to you two is, is Major League Baseball to blame for this? Yes. <laughs> yes, I think that they are. You know, um, I understand that uh, the whole planet has been dealing with, um, you know, shortages, right, over the past couple of years. And Major League Baseball keeps saying that that's a, uh, in large part uh, what's happening to the ball, right? They've had to change it because um, manufacturing lines have changed and, and things have just changed globally, right? Supply chain issues. And I understand that to a certain extent, but you also have to say that um, they didn't change the baseball for like a hundred years. <laughs> it was fine. You know, nobody ever complained. It was all right. And a couple of years ago, they start tweaking it. I mean, was it 2019 where, I mean, just everything just flew out of the park, everything. And that's when people started raising eyebrows. Right. And then pitchers were getting upset and they wanted to start using some sticky stuff because they wanted to get a better grip on it and put it where they wanted to put it. And we kind of like fell down this, um, this like rabbit hole that they can't seem to get themselves out of. Right. They thought they had fixed it. And then the first month of the season, everybody was calling it the new dead ball era. Right. Absolutely nothing was happening. And then we had a Friday night game or a Sunday night game. I can't tell, you know, nationally televised game. And there were like seven home runs in that game. And everybody was like, oh, the old baseball's back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and so I feel like, yeah, I mean, like they're clearly, uh, it's, it's kind of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Um, but the problem is they've already tried to fix it. And now they're trying to like um, worm their way back to, to getting it right. I blame Major League Baseball too. They've had, they own the baseball, they own the manufacturing company that makes the baseballs. This is entirely on them. And like we mentioned before, they've been messing with the balls for years now. You know, one year the balls are flying out of the park, and next year it's a dead ball era again, like we are just talking about. Like Major League Baseball is their own worst enemy, and this is just another example of it. Like, And I, another thing I heard on sports radio recently was how there's some – in some cities the balls are different than others. And it's not necessarily that the teams are to blame – just where they're getting different shipments and these balls are like actually different balls and just day-to-day basis. I mean, it's, you know, it's a major league baseball problem. Like Pat said, you can blame it on supply chain to an extent, but you're also major league baseball. You should be able to get this figured out. Yeah. Um, Another thing, you know, that I have to think about is if, if this is like happening, right. And people think that it's happening. Why aren't more players like major league players coming to social media and voicing their opinions like i i hear it a lot from announcers and everything like but i've only seen like one or two people take pictures of the baseballs and compare them this year and last year um if, if they know there's something wrong why isn't anyone really like blowing the whistle on it i i guess is the best way i was I just i was just about to say that i was just about to say you know i don't know if anybody wants to be the whistleblower right it's really hard to be the first guy to say something it's really easy to be the second guy to say something you know um but to be the first guy and you know you, you got to be worried about i mean even with the sticky stuff issue last year which was you know directly related you had a lot of pitchers just kind of shrugging their shoulders when we watched them reach into their glove or touch their cap or whatever it was you know like um they weren't hiding anything but they they 
their their lips were were shut, you know, and I feel like this is kind of a similar issue. If anyone's going to speak out, it really has to be like the big name guys towards the end of their career who made their money. Like uh, if, if a pitcher is going to speak out, it should be Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. If a hitter is going to speak out, it's got to be someone like Albert Pujols. And I don't know if those guys want to do that. They're probably too afraid of tainting their legacy, maybe. Yeah. But uh, you they know, those anybody the off when they made it this far, huh? Yeah. Right. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? You know, we've seen Hall of Fame, you know, uh, voting come down to where the voters just don't like someone for their because of political Facebook views posts. or just because they're a shit person. Who knows? Um, yeah. So that might that that might trigger some people. Um, any final thoughts on, on the baseballs or the fight? Well, one final thought I had on the fight was I'm not surprised to see this out of a Phil Nevin team. Like that guy is a complete jack wagon. Uh, I'm not surprised that his team's acting like a bunch of jack wagons. So yeah, I'm keeping it family friendly. It, <laughs> it, it's funny. Cause when that happened and Winker was looking, cause he went right to Phil Nevin. Right. I was like, mm. Oh man, John, John's going to lose it when he sees this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a manager's place to calm it down, not to escalate it. That guy's right. an idiot. Phil Nevin is an idiot. There's a, there's a lot of people at fault for that one. Yeah. Um, so moving on, um, a lot of shakeups in the AL East has to be is easily the best division of baseball um, in, in baseball. Um, all but one have a losing record and the, the Orioles are. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> all but all but one team have a losing record. Yeah. Um, and just did I say it again? <laughs> just it up again. All but one Every have a winning, winning record. record, except for the Orioles. And the Orioles are a real team, they, they are drastically improved, you know. Um, you know, they're I would put money that all four of those top teams are gonna be in the wild card, just like it was last year. The only thing uh, that could stop it is if they just beat up on each other and one team kind of falls out and Cleveland kind of sneaks in because they play – there's a bunch of weak teams in their division. And this, this is the, the same only thing that possible happened last way. Year. Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing that happened last year. Like, they went pretty even in just about every series, I mean, except beating up on the Orange a little bit, which you can't even do that much anymore, right? They were just beating up on every other division so much that they all still managed to squeak in. You know, Toronto missed by by a you know game back or whatever. Um, it's crazy that they can do this. <laughs> you know, they play each other eighty times a year and they can all still make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so just to your point, I, I I've been watching the the Guardians for about a week now because they've been in the middle of the wild card. You know, they've they, they've overtaken the Twins, then they lost it, whatever. But the, th- the funny thing is, is Cleveland's only played 68 games. Um, I think every other team is pretty much into 70. Uh, the Yankees are at 73. We're at Red Sox are at 73. Every, uh, yeah. So they're going to have a lot of games. They're going to have double headers come up, you know, eventually. Less they're going to lose off, their off yeah. days. I, I think they're going to fall off. I think they're just getting a little hot and I, I think they're going to fall off. But, um, but yeah, so we had a shakeup in the in the you know, Red Sox had the horrible first uh, you know five six weeks of the season, and they were in. Sometimes they were in fifth, but now they then most of the season they were in fourth. 
Uh, now they're sitting in second with the third best record in the American League. Um, obviously, nobody's catching the Yankees. Um, Patrick, you noticed something about their home record? Yeah, the Yankees still haven't lost double-digit games at home. There's still and nine losses at home. And they've played 40 games. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And we John? just lost two. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Seven, a it, it, was, it got a lot closer than it was three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Toronto's fallen from grace, right? They, Let's hope they so. Were, they were a couple games um, in that top wild card spot. And now they're, they're them and the Rays are tied 40 and 32. 12 and a half games back and one and a half games back of the Red Sox for that top wild card spot. One thing uh, that I noticed, I'm oh, sorry. Were you, no, I go you ahead. Were, no, I just say one thing I noticed about the Rays. Now you bring them up when I was watching them play the Yankees a series ago. I mean, they do not look like the Rays that we've seen the past couple of years. So many defensive mistakes, base running mistakes. Like they are just not the fundamentally sound team that we're used to seeing out of the Rays. And, and that's kind of, so that's very surprising, and I, that really starts to coincide with their drop. Um, again, I still think they're making the playoffs, but I it's starting to look more and more like it's the Yankees and Red Sox at the top of this division, and Toronto and Tampa, like, they're good. They're just not as good as the other – as the two of us. Yeah, I mean, something. Toronto – I mean, uh, Tampa Bay is still eight games above 500, you know, but you kind of have to start to go, like – this this model, and we, we were talking about this earlier in the season too, this model might not be the way to go. You know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are the teams with the high payrolls, right? And with the sluggers and with the names and with the all-stars. We're going to talk about this a little bit when we get to our all-star votes. It was, it, was a, it was a tough challenge for each of us to come up with a Tampa Bay all-star, right? And um, you kind of have to go like, all right, maybe this is it where they're showing that this model that they have, yeah, it can be cool for a season or two. It can be really successful. They can go to the, the World Series in the in the shortened season or whatever, right? But is it really the best way to construct a ball club? We got a lot of baseball left, but I think it's I think it's a good time to start asking that question. I don't know. A wise man at the beginning of the season said that the Blue Jays were a fourth place team. So <laughs> the Blue Jays, I'm, I'm hoping they are. I mean, you know, Sox have a three game series against them this week in Toronto, uh, game and a half, uh, game and a half ahead. Um, I, I sure hope they are. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> and I don't want to downplay that either. That was said here at Bleacher Brawls before anybody was saying that. <laughs> ESPN didn't say it. Major League Baseball didn't say it here on sports radio. It was said here. And then two weeks later, everybody else starts saying it. Exactly. It, it might have even been someone who's talking right now that said it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, see. We'll see. Lots of baseball left. Yes. Um, all right. So we will move on to um, this uh, you know, the weekend series that the Red Sox had and the weekend series that the Yankees had. Um, who wants to start first? I'll start with the Sox. Go for it. Um, I was definitely not looking forward to this Cleveland series um, because of, you know, where they've been lately, right? They've been playing well and they've got a good record. And, you know, we were sitting Xander for the first game and I kind of just felt like, all right, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful for two out of three. I feel good about two out of three. I think it's a possibility, but we'll see. And then, you know, I kind of just 
felt like we beat up on them all weekend, you know? Um, and that was great. I was really, really happy to see that we didn't put the third game, right? I feel like it's easy to say, okay, we won the series. Or, uh, yeah, we won the series. We're good. Two out of three, we'll take it. We'll rest some guys um, for the last game. And they didn't do that, right? They put out their everyday lineup and um, they put up some runs behind Rich Hill and and they, they managed to win another, you know? And I feel like um, that's what we need to be doing. There's no... No room for um, not caring right now, you know. Sometimes you can do that, and that's perfectly fine. It's a long season, you know, maybe game 104, you want to chill out a little bit, you know. Um, but this is the time that we, we got to keep up this momentum that we've had, and I, we're on it. I think we're seven in a row right now, um, feeling good going to Toronto. Missing two top guys in Toronto. We don't need to get into that, but I'm going to miss their presence very much um, over the next three days. But I feel like if we can keep this momentum up and, and keep doing what we're supposed to do, um, I'm going to feel good about this Jays series, and hopefully we can win that series as well. Yeah, eight and two in the last 10 uh, and seven straight wins. So uh, that's, that's really good. Um, Rich Hill maybe had his best game or one of his best. He went six innings. And um, I don't know if we've seen that from Rich Hill this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, we're kind yeah. of used to four and a third, four and two thirds, you know. I'll take six. That's a real start. Yeah, that's a it's a quality start. It's a quality start. <laughs> Although it's I think a legitimate statistic. To, yeah, they, they may need to change the, um, you know, the limits on the quality start, you know, because it's almost like wins. It's like wins. Nobody cares about wins anymore, right, from pitchers, but – um, I think quality start is a better term to use um, because that doesn't depend on your offense carrying the win. Right. Um, yep. We'll move to John, who will talk about the Yankees weekend series against the Astros. Um, you know, there was ups and downs to this weekend series against the Astros. Um, you know, so a split, you know, record-wise, the Houston Asterisks are the second best team in the AL. Now, they're probably not actually the second best team in the AL. They are playing in a kind of weak division, but record-wise, second best team in the AL. So it's good to go in there. They do have really good pitching, and they did shut down the Yankees' bats. But a split series is a split series. Uh, to really take a positive look on it, the fact that they won in a walk, Yankees won in a walk-off in game one and then won in a walk-off in game four, um, it's – it leaves at least a good taste in your mouth, right? Like, you know, it's, it's a split series, but at least we got that walk-off win to kind of carry over to the next series. Uh, so that was really good. Uh, obviously, I'm a Yankees fan. I despise Houston. I think they're just a bunch of cheaters, and I think Altuve is a horrible human being. Um, he's a small guy. He's a little bit bigger when he stands on his wallet, unfortunately. He doesn't deserve it, but he's there. But all in all, good series. Um, and if you do follow us on any kind of social media, Twitter, Instagram, the website, bleacherbrawls.com, you should be following us every place. There's a lot of talk going on this weekend from a certain Bleacher Brawls member saying how the wheels were falling off the Yankees because of the horrible game they had on Saturday where they got no hit. But they did bounce back today. I don't think one terrible series uh, or one terrible game, not even terrible series, is going to just make these guys quit on the rest of the season and say, oh, that's it, we can't win. Um, and to hype that up, there's a brawl coming up, folks. If you did enjoy 
are the little brawl that Luke and I had. There's another one coming up soon. So a little preview to that. Yeah, so, I am. Uh, I'm not so sure about um, one bad game for the Yanks. Um, what was that? I, I can't find the number right now. Was it about like 16 consecutive no hit innings across three games? Um, yeah, Saturday was tough, but um, you, you say it was a good series. Um, I'm not sure if if uh, not being able to get a hit for about half the series is a good series. Look, two wins is two wins. I don't care how it happens. And, yeah, look, Houston's got good pitching, and they shut the Yankees' bats down for a little while. But despite 16 consecutive no-hit no innings by the Yankees or against the Yankees, they still got the two wins out of it. So yeah. they found a way to fight through. They battled through a little avert of that adversity that apparently <laughs> they haven't seen all season. So, again, you know, it's not – it's a split series, but I think there are some positives to take out of it. Dusty Baker said, um, we won two games, and Aaron Judge won two games. Aaron Judge has won about 53 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so it, it's funny because um, I think on Friday when I woke up and um, my wife was like, you know, Aaron Judge had another walk-off hit. And I was like, you know, she was like, oh, he's the, he, he was the hero. And I was like, no, listen – Hicks hit a three-run home run before that. He's the hero. He's the hero for that game. Um, yeah, so I had both of the games going on um, on my two TVs. I tweeted out a picture of it from. I saw that setup. That's uh, pretty solid. Watching both Bleacher at the Brawls. same time. Thanks. Bobbleheads are all up there. Yeah. Um, y'all can go check that out on Bleacher Brawl's Twitter. But um, so I was watching both games simultaneously, and. First off, I don't know how that the the Yankees Astros was not the Sunday night game. Dodgers Braves is. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, two games after Freddie Freeman had already come back to Atlanta, you know, like the the real hoopla was on Friday night, <laughs> you yeah. know. And I think they gave him the ring on Saturday, maybe. You know, like uh, the, all that all that had died down by the time the Sunday night game rolled around. Yeah. Uh, the two best teams right now, record wise, in the American League. Um, I, I think that deserves a Sunday night game. Anyway, um, so the announcer, actually, the, the announcer from the Red Sox game was like, well, they have 16 no-hit innings right now. And I'm like, oh, this is about time where I make it, you know, make a joke, start saying the Yankees suck or, you know, something. But then I'm like, are we at the point yet? Like, have the Red Sox played? I, they're playing better of late, right? But but they've they haven't you know, they've, they've had a real up and down season where the Yankee season has been all up. Right. So I'm like, I'm not as a Red Sox fan, like I'm not at the point yet where I can make fun of another team because of what our team did, you know, we've uh, also anyway. only played each other once There you go yeah. in the opening series of the year. That was a long time ago. You know, yes. we've got a schedule coming up. I, I was just, uh, just looking at it. We've got this J series, um, three games in Toronto and then we've got um, Wrigley field, which I'll be reporting live from. And then we've got 14 days in a row and the three games after the all-star break. So that's 17 games in a row in division. Uh, most of them against the Yankees and, and the Rays. And I feel like um, maybe we can do a little more um, direct shit talking after some of those series. But right now I feel like we don't know head to head who, who the better team is right now. 
And this is perfect for us at Bleacher Brawls, too. Like, now we're heading into the end of the season, and we're going to be playing each other again and again, and we just get to go at it with each other. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, some of these Twitter spaces are going to be fun coming up. Yes, that's what I was just going to get at. Um, The Twitter spaces are going to be great because both of our fan bases combined into one game, one space. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be shit talking going back and forth. Hopefully, we get a good turnout. Um, so if, if you're hearing this, mark your calendar. We will be doing Twitter, multiple Twitter spaces um, whenever the Yankees and Red Sox play each other. Uh, any final thoughts from the Red Sox or Yankees weekend series? Nope. nope I'm All right. good. Um, so we're going to move into the final part of our podcast today. And we're going to talk a little bit about the all-star game. Um, a couple new rules for voting this year. Um, the top vote getter from each league um, gets an automatic starting job in the all-star game, which I think at the time that I heard that on, on the radio, it was judge and Mookie Betts, maybe it was on for the National League. I could be wrong with that one. Um, but, of course, he's injured now, so I don't think he would start anyway. Um, so we have that. We have, after the first round of voting, the top two at each uh, playing position, minus pitcher, um, go on to the next round, and you can only vote for those two people. And then I think there's still the final uh, shoe-in vote um, at the end. And I think it's, I think now, um, every team has to have a representative. So the argument that was going on was because, uh, you know, that I heard on the radio the one day, because every team needs one, right? So I think they were talking about, um, Detroit and, um, uh, Scooball, uh, Tariq Scooball, I think, um, He's having an okay, you know, he's having a good season, but he's not having an all-star season. But there might not be another person on that team who's having as good as the season as him. So in effect, he would be taking someone's someone better's someone spot who is better, um, who might not who do, who might deserve it more. Uh, thoughts? Sorry, I was muted. Um... You know, I don't, I don't mind the, the one representative thing. Um, I totally get that, but I feel like, you know, you've got guys from the Tigers like uh, Miguel Cabrera, right? Um, who knows how much longer Miggy's going to be around? Maybe it should be him, you know? Um, I feel like there's, oh, you kind of got, you've got a good reason most of the time, right? Um, could I say anybody's completely tearing it up from the Diamondbacks? Um Maybe not, (laughs) but, you know, I like the representation. I like the, like, um, these are the best guys from every team as opposed to like, these are the best 30 guys or whatever, you know, Um, I'm into it. I feel like it's got its pros and its cons, but at the same time, like if I were a Diamondbacks fan and nobody from my team got selected for like four years, um, I think I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. I think Brock Holt was the, you know, utility guy, the one year, um, and he was the only representative from the Red Sox, I think. Right. Yeah, I, remember that. I think Buck Showalter came out and he said there should be a utility spot. Um, you know, someone who is a utility player should 
you know, it's like DH. Think of it as a, you know, another position, you know, a 10th, 10th man kind of um, as an actual position. It's like in the NBA where they do like the six man of the year award. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's the evolution of the game. You know, general managers are looking to bring in these more like flexible guys that can play all over the field. So you can stock up with more bullpen help. And I do. Yeah. I think that's, it's something that really should be acknowledged. You've got a guy like uh, DJ in New York, like um, he plays pretty much every day, but he's not really the starter at any position. You know, um, he's like the ultimate, like give a guy a day off um, kind of guy. And I feel like that's like exactly who they're talking about. You know, like, Luke's going to crucify you for that. Right? I know, I know. And listen, <laughs> I'm the one, I'm the one that um, put DJ on a previous most handed Yankees list, you know, um, but he's, he's totally doing that right now. He'll play all over the place. Um, he is like the ultimate six man right now. You know, he's like 10th in third baseman all-star voting because I don't know how many people even think of him as a third baseman, you know, um, that's his primary yeah. position, but he's, he's doing everything. Yeah. I couldn't have told you he was a third baseman or he played most of his games at third base. Right. I probably could not have told you that. I'm a Yankees fan. I can't tell you what position he's played the most games at. It's like every day it's first, second, or third. I, who knows? Yeah. All right. So um, before we move on, we want to hear your thoughts on the new all-star game uh, voting rules. Um, do you like the top two moving on? Do you like the, you know, top vote getter from each league automatically starting? Um we just want to hear what you think. Let us know in comments. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know on, on the comments from the pod. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll work it in to a pod once the All-Star game comes. Um, but we do want to move on to a AL East. Um, pick the guy who's not an All-Star, but you want him to be an All-Star. Um, so we're going to go team by team in the AL East. And the three of us are each going to pick a person who we think should be on the all-star team for whatever reason. They don't have to be the greatest. They could just be loved. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, you know, so after we make our pick, we'll give a short, um, you know, reason why we think they should be there. Uh, where do we want to start? Who wants to start? Why don't we just go top to bottom? Let's go uh, Yanks to O's, huh? Yanks. John? John, this is you. All right. Well, um, this is where I make a case for Joey Gallo being an all-star. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Not, happen- not happening. No. <laughs> That's a joke. Oh, yeah. Who's been um, regulated to the nine hole in the lineup? <laughs> he made a good catch this weekend. <laughs> He's starting to turn it around. Apparently, the fans uh, okay, right. are not like just heckling him the way they did before. He's playing a little more comfortably in Yankee Stadium. How much can you heckle the guy in the nine hole? I mean, you got to feel bad for him at a certain point. But uh, so for me, uh, my Yankees, the guy in the Yankees who I would like to see as an All Star, and it's actually a legitimate possibility because of this new voting is Jose Trevino. He's actually in second place. I just checked this. I'm looking at it right now. Jose Trevino is in second place for American League catchers for all-star voting behind Alejandro Kirk at first place. Uh, I think Kirk will probably win out. He's having a better season. Um, And it's just tremendous. We get to Kirk later. 
Um, but Jose Trevino, really, he's had some clutch hits for the Yankees. He's come up big. He's starting to really become the everyday catcher. And the fact that he's got a legitimate chance of becoming an all-star starter is just amazing to me. So if you're listening to this, go stuff the ballot boxes for Jose Trevino. Let's just get this guy starting an all-star game. So here's where we go back to the new rules that, um, you know, the new voting rules that I have to pose the question, right? They have to be one and two. You would think that uh, Kirk from the Blue Jays is going to be one. He's not going to be the leading vote getter um, because that's probably going to be judge. But so so they're probably going to go one and two. And then it all comes down to fan bases, right? Uh, You know, you're going to have your Canada fan base, which is a lot bigger than New York, but it is Canada. Um, And then you have New York, but you can only vote for those two. So, you know, it's like, who do you want, you know? I think um, with the Yankees, it's going to work against us in a couple of cases. Someone like Luke's going to be going on and making 10 votes or the maximum amount of votes he can against every Yankee candidate. So uh, (laughs) we got the negative vote getters for us. (laughs) Patrick, who is your Yankee all-star? I'm going to go with the obvious choice and I'm going to go with their nine foot tall center fielder, Aaron judge. Um, And not because He's the leading vote getter right now, not because he's making a serious um, case to be the AL MVP so far this year, but because we're talking about who should represent the Yankees in the all-star game. And I feel like it should be judge in his final season in a Yankees uniform. Wow. Oh, that hurt. They did <laughs> I did not see the... that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it either. Um, they did settle in their arbitration hearing, 19 million plus incentives for the last year. And they asked said, him, uh, somebody asked him, do you think the fact that you could meet in the middle has anything to do with um, how your extension talks are going to go? And his response was no. So we'll see. All right. Let, let me harp on that a little bit. I, <laughs> I got to pose a question here. Judge wants nine, 17 million, right? Or sorry, Judge wanted 21 million. The Yankees put up 17 million. Like what's 4 million for a guy that you want to throw a bone out and yeah. maybe that'll they'll sign with, you know, sign with you. I think that's exactly what Judge is talking about. I think he's saying like, come on, they're, they're already disrespecting me. Um, he's, he's not feeling it. So who knows next year, when he's the next wasted player in a Los Angeles Angels uniform, um, wow. we, we can um, we can all mourn the career of, of Aaron Judge. Look, the Steinbrenner family has come through again and again since free <laughs> agency has started. They're not going to let this happen. They they're too smart to let to let Aaron Judge go. Uh, he brings in too much money for the team. He's too important to the team. Uh, I, I'm going to keep saying this to myself every single night is to get myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing I'm doing with uh, two of our guys right now. I'm, I'm having kind of a brain fart right now. What is their, uh, John, what is their last homegrown, you know, person that they've signed to an extension after their arbitration years? Like it was like that whole core five, like they call it the core four, five, four, but it's really the core five, like Jeter, uh, okay, so Posada, Bernie Jeter. Williams. Wow. And then, um, you know, they didn't want Cano. They kind of knew, I have a feeling they kind of knew what was going on there. And they really, since that whole Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada era, Mariano Rivera, 
there hadn't been anybody until we got to, you know, the Aaron Judge era again. And, um, you know, there was no point resigning Rob Ref Snyder. So, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, Brett Gardner. There you go. I forgot about Brett Gardner. Oh, Gardner. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gardner. There you go. All right. Um, I'll take my pick and I'll keep it short. Rizzo, he's having a great season. He's clearly going to get beat out by other first basemen. I think he's batting 221, but he has 20 some odd home runs, maybe. Uh, he's, you know, him and Judge are up there in home runs. And, um, I, you know, I've always liked Rizzo uh, coming up from a Red Sox prospect, but um, I think he's having a great season because, you know, he's been, he's been up and down in the middle, you know, but I, I think um, home run wise, he's, he's doing really well this season. Uh, Red Sox, Patrick. So um, I feel like we've got some obvious choices here. And this time around, I'm not going to go for the obvious choice um, as because I already know that Rafael Devers is going to be the starting third baseman for the AL team. Um, I'm going to go Trevor Story. And uh, I know that he's not going to be in this top two, right? And um, I don't know if that still means he can kind of squeak in on the bench or whatever. I'm not quite sure how they're going to fill out the rest of the roster. Um, but uh, right now, Story leads all second basemen in RBI. Uh, he's third among all um, AL second basemen in home runs. Um, he's had a great year defensively um, for the team, learning a new position. And I feel like um, that's the exact kind of guy you want coming off the bench in the all-star game. You want the guy who you're going to, cause you know, they're going to pinch hit the hell out of that lineup. That's what they do. Everybody gets, you know, one, maybe two at bats. Um, he's the guy that you want to bring in in the seventh, maybe get a good hit, maybe play some good defense to end the game. Um, I feel like he could be a valuable asset. And I think it is completely disrespectful that he's fifth in the voting right now behind Glaber Torres. That is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my entire life. Throw it over to John. Clearly, well, the, the same labor. That. He's been pretty clutch this year, but uh, <laughs> we're not talking about the Yankees right now. Um, I just have to do it. Natural, uh, natural reflex. For me, I'm going to go. I am going to go with one of the obvious choices. I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts, and for the same reason that Pat chose. Aaron no. I just want to see him drive up his value. Uh, I mean, look, Bogarts <laughs> is having an amazing year, and if Judge wasn't tearing the cover off the ball right now. I think we'd be talking about Xander Bogarts as the like most coveted free agent coming into the year. So uh, he's just having a tremendous year. Absolutely deserves it. And like I said, me and Pat are kind of on the same wavelength as this one. Let's just see our rivals, best player, best free agent, just put up a, just be an all-star hero. Damn. I, sh- I shouldn't have, shouldn't have opened my stupid mouth. I, I was, was thinking coming. it already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like I'm going to stay neutral throughout this whole episode. <laughs> um, Very professional of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, you got the will, Orioles cap on and everything. I do have the Orioles cap on tonight. <laughs> um, my pick is the unsung hero of the Red Sox bullpen in John Schreiber. Dude has like an 081. That's what it was the last time I checked. So it's probably lower now. He comes in in the highest of leverage situations. Four out of seven nights a week. And he just gets it done when the rest of the Red Sox bullpen, aside from a couple of guys, are just iffy at best. 
Um, so he definitely deserves a spot as a reliever on that team. Great pick. Thank you. Um, all right. Moving on. Well, the Rays and uh, Rays and Blue Jays are tied, so we will throw it to the Rays first. All right. Um, I, I teased this earlier. The Rays are mad boring this year. And um, although they have some um, some guys that um, probably make the squad, I kind of felt like there was nobody I like truly cared about. And so I'm saying um, last guy up off the bench, Brett Phillips. And for the sole purpose of miking him up in the middle of the game and putting on a big Savannah bananas kind of show, right? The all-star game is stupid anyway. It used to be, it used to mean something. It doesn't anymore. Um, and hell, they're even micing guys up during games that matter. So mic up Brett Phillips, have him go crazy, have him do a bunch of stupid shit and, um, you know, enjoy the circus. Um, uh, John? Okay, well, I'll just, I could, um, for me, I kind of thought, I know he's hurt right now, but when I think of the Tampa Bay Rays, the only guy I really think of with a lot of consistency who's been there for a while is Mike Zunino, a really good catcher. I know he's hurt right now, so it'd be more, I don't know if he'd be back in time to play for the All-Star game, but I think just kind of a more of a like pat on the back, like you you really are the heart of this team. You are, you kind of make this team go. I, to me, Zunino deserves it out of the Rays because outside of that, they really aren't the best team this year. Yeah, I think we all struggled a little bit to uh, pick a Ray, as, as Patrick said. Yeah, that's interesting. John and I were talking before the show. We we were kind of hinting at it. We thought we had the same pick because we were talking about um, heart and soul this ball club, but I guess not. Um, my pick is someone who's been hurt for a good portion of the season, but he is the future of baseball. So I went and chose Wander Franco because even though his numbers, you know, like I said, he's hurt. So even though his numbers are nowhere near what an all-star should be right now, um, that guy is going to be an all-star for a long, long time. And I think, um, you know, we've had Trout, Otani, you know, we've had a lot of faces of baseball, right? Um, Franco is going to be the face of baseball. Um, and it would just be fun with him there, you know, see what he could do against guys. He came off the aisle today, I believe. Yeah, so um, today was his, yeah. make it just in time. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. It's not going to happen, but I think it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, Blue Jays. John? Um, so when it comes to the Blue Jays for the All-Star game, I'd like some Kikuchi. Um, you know, the Yankees <laughs> really beat Kikuchi this year, but other teams haven't been getting Kikuchi the same way the Yankees have been beating Kikuchi. So – you know, I think he deserves it, and I'd love to put that Kikuchi in front of a national audience. You do know how the All-Star game works, right? <laughs> Judge will not face him. <laughs> oh, my God. He just, just tried to think sure. of his many stupid-ass jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Pat? Um, so I think um, I'm going less. I'm crazy about this guy. I mean, he's, he's very deserving. I'm going um, – Less I'm crazy about this guy and more um, I cannot believe all of these other guys are in the lead right now. Vladdy is leading 
um, the voting for first baseman. Bichette's second among shortstops. Springer's, I think, third and outfielders. Espinal's second in second baseman. This is crazy. I mean, Blue Jay fans are just like taking over the voting. And, um, you know, when we get down to this, this tiebreaker round next week, you know, we'll see, we'll see what actually happens. But Vladdy, as much as I love the guy and I do love watching him play baseball, he is not the best first baseman in the American league this year, you know? Um, and so I feel like Bobby the, Dahlbeck, right? The Bobby, that's my guy. That's my guy <laughs> playing half of the games. Um, Luke's second aneurysm of the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot believe that Boba Shett is in front of Xander Bogarts right now. Like that is crazy um and so i feel like alejandro kirk he's he's okay sure blue jay fans you want to be delusional you want to think you've got seven all-stars you know you've got the 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 cardinals of gold glovers or whatever right um it's not true you've got one true all-star right now his name is alejandro kirk he's leading all catchers in average on base slugging ops he's the best catch in the american league this year he's your all-star everybody else you're delusional xander bogarts is like top five in hits and what do you want to see happen in the all-star game yeah yeah yeah, you want to see hits you don't want to see some dude come up and strike out once or twice Vladdy. uh yeah uh john no i made all my he already went but yeah, I'll agree, but in all reality, I agree with Pat. I, I forgot about the future. deserves to be an all-star. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's getting late. Um, <laughs> uh, Springer. I choose Springer. Um, leadoff hitter. Hits home runs. Uh, he's a spark plug to that team. I think he deserves to be an all-star. And I think he has a shot to. Uh, all right. And then we will move on to the Orioles. Who I am representing tonight, Patrick. Um, let me let me hear what you guys have to say first, and then I'll okay. go because I might make my pick based on who hasn't been said yet. Okay. All right, go. I can go. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Dylan Tate. You know, he's been the man out of the bullpen so far this year. Uh, two hundred two ERA, twenty seven Ks, the seven walks. Uh, he's was a really good prospect, and I'm actually kind of aware of him because. The Yankees got him by trading Carlos Beltran to the Texas Rangers, and the Yankees flipped Dylan Tate to the uh, to the Orioles for Zach Britton. So there's a little Yankee connection there. So it's kind of scrolling through the Orioles roster. I look, Noah's Dylan Tate, and his numbers really jumped out to me. So maybe there's been some situations where he hasn't pitched well and the numbers aren't really reflecting that. But based off the numbers, I think Dylan Tate deserves uh, an all-star nod. I like it. Um, I chose Jorge Mateo, the shortstop. He's hitting a whopping like low 200s, but he is tied with um, Rodriguez of the Mariners for 19 stolen bases, which is the lead in the American League. Love seeing me some stolen bases. Um, I think that makes baseball more fun because that's like the most exciting play, right? yes it is it is someone goes to steal which you don't see he's like holy crap is he gonna make it is he gonna make it you know you you everyone at the ballpark turns their head watches if you're on tv everything gets loud uh that's what i like to see all right patrick all right um uh based on those i'm gonna go the obvious choice i'm gonna go austin hayes um i had my sleeper pick but if hayes didn't get the shout out um i feel like i needed to do it 
Um, this is this guy has stepped the hell up this year. He can hit anywhere in the lineup. He primarily um, hits cleanup for him, but he's hit everywhere one through seven for them this year. Um, he can play all three outfield spots and has played a little bit of center field when they needed them to um, step up for Cedric Mullins a couple of times. And I feel like this is kind of like the, the Cedric Mullins of last year, right? Just a guy that had a total breakout season. I was expecting a little more of that from Cedric this year. And um, we're not, we're not quite getting it, but we're getting it from Austin Hayes um, to be the stat masters for a second. 1.133 OPS with two outs and runners in scoring position. Oh my God. 1.092 in high leverage situations. 1.04 OPS in late and close games. He is their clutch hitter right now. All these things put him top 10 in the AL in win probability added. And um, isn't it all about winning baseball games? I feel like he's, he's one of the best at doing that right now. And um, you've got a lot of guys who are, who are having really strong sleeper seasons um, but I feel like Austin Hayes, he's, he's not, he's not being a sleeper. He's leading this ball club. And um, I feel like if anybody is the most deserving, it's him. And he hit for the cycle this week. He did. And how often does that happen? Like, God, when was the last time that happened? For real. And wasn't it just in four at bats too? Right. Yeah. Wasn't it the, the, like that? the game like... got called early. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, I do remember like... the last person and only person who did it in the postseason. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. John, do you know who that is? No. It was Brock Holt. Brock Holt, baby. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, no. See, so insignificant that it is completely could so not remember it. Damn. All right. That, All right. that one hurt. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to rub um, it in. I turned it back around on you. <laughs> we have had a good time talking here today. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts before I give a couple shout outs? No, I'm good. Do your shout outs. All right. So um, this week, we this past week, we did a Yankee Twitter space and we met a nice guy at Mr. ESPN NY. Um, he joined our space and we had a great, uh, myself and Brawl with Barnes had a, a great conversation with him. So thank you for supporting us, joining our Twitter space and talking with us. Uh, we also did a couple of um, score predictions for this weekend. And at Victor underscore G3491, almost had the score prediction right. Um, but he did say that um, it would be a wild game and a wild finish. And I think that was today where Judge hit the uh, walk-off. So thank you guys. The wild for finish. <laughs> wild finish. Yeah, a couple of them this weekend. Uh, so thank you both for... Um, supporting us and interacting with us and we we are doing our best to um, you know get back to you guys and uh, give you some love um, but I think that'll do it for tonight make sure you follow Bleacher Brawls on Twitter, Instagram Facebook, our YouTube channel bleacherbrawls.com and of course this podcast like everything you see because it's great retweet it Shout it out there, echo it out, get it out there because, um, you know, then you could say you were part of the original crew when we're huge. Uh, so thank you all. And for John and Patrick, I'm Doug. And thank you for listening to our show.